Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, how are you today? I'm great, Owen. Thanks to everyone for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. We had a great interview today with Michael Galankowitz of the still hot Brockton Rocks. Yeah, the Rocks still hot, and Michael is one of the hottest hitters in the league. Well, maybe except for his teammate, Ben Rounds, who came away with the Player of the Week award last week after an impressive performance. Grant Nicholson of the Pittsfield Suns earned Pitcher of the Week. And Johnny, we also had some big College World Series news. Yeah, the Vanderbilt Commodores, the Vandy Boys, took down ECU this weekend, and Dominic Keegan, who was on Nashua last summer, is headed to Omaha. Yeah, congratulations to Dom and the Commodores. The Virginia Cavaliers also headed to Omaha. Zach and Jake Geloff, former Futures Leaguers, are on their way to Omaha, as well as Rocks manager Michael Garza. So Jack Aaron gets a little bit of a contract extension here with the Rocks. Yeah, best of luck to all of them. It's going to be really fun to watch this College World Series this year. Yeah, and while Garza is still with Virginia, the Rocks continue to roll. They swept the doubleheader yesterday. Game one ends on a wild pitch with the guy who you'll be hearing from in just a minute at the plate. He was, quote, disappointed he didn't get to swing. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But the Rocks won. Yeah, they keep rolling. And, uh, you know, everybody's playing good baseball right now. It's fun to watch. Yeah, everybody is playing some great baseball, including our guest. And without further ado, we're going to present our interview with Michael Galankowitz. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest, who has been lighting it up out of the gate in Brockton. It's Michael Galankowitz of the Brockton Rocks. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course, we're really excited to do this. And I just mentioned it, you know, you've had a blistering start to the summer. You lead the league in average at 483 and home runs with three. You're second in RBIs with 14, only trailing your teammate Ben Rounds. And I could go on. What has it been like to have so much success right out of the gate? It's definitely fun. Uh, it makes baseball more fun. I know that usually when you're playing bad, you just want to quit and just give up on it. But right now, baseball's fun. And I, I'm just going to try to keep doing what I've been doing to succeed. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, and another person that's had success on your team is Ben Rounds, who I just mentioned, who just won Player of the Week this week for the Futures League. What's it like playing with him? Oh, it's great. He's starting to tear it up now, too. He might be uh, he might be taking over the average soon, too. He's just been hitting well and everything, and the whole team's just doing great right now. Yeah, the whole team's off to a great start. It's What's it like being in that lineup and just having everyone hitting really well? It's fun. I mean, one through nine every day, we know that we can hit. Like, even if we're at the bottom of the order, we're like, okay, these guys can start it up and we're going to do great. No matter what it is, no matter what the scenario is, we're going we're gonna to come out and compete. And we mentioned it yesterday in an interview with him post game, but Jack Aaron got a quote unquote contract extension after Virginia continued their run in the College World Series. And he's been in your dugout ever since the beginning of the year. What's your relationship like with him? And what's it like having his unique perspective in the dugout? so far this season he's he's a chill guy so just the chemistry and everything like the uh environment around it it's just like we're all relaxed we're just playing loose which really helps with baseball i think i usually think when i'm playing loose i'm playing better rather than playing tight just going out there and having fun it really helps so moving backward a little bit how'd you get to brockton how did that process happen that you ended up with the rocks in the futures so, uh, originally, I was supposed to end up with uh, Westfield. And then I found out that they weren't doing host families, and I would have to pay for a hotel. So, 
I told my coach that I didn't want to do that. And then I was going to go play in the inner city league with like a men's league. And then he contacted me. He was like, the rocks need a temp right now. So do you want to do that? I was like, sure. I don't mind driving 50 minutes every day. So that's where I'm at now. So I love that. I said, yes, though. Yeah, it certainly paid off. And another unique thing about you is you showed up late to the party, to the rocks lineup. So what was it like showing up and having to adjust on the fly? Uh, it was definitely harder than I thought it'd be. Like, I knew it was summer ball, so I, I thought it'd be like, you know, once every day, like one day, one day off. But getting there and just trying to fit in and everything, it was definitely tough. I haven't been like that in a while since I didn't play summer ball last year. It was a different kind of change, but I fit in now, so yeah, it worked out. That's all I know. Yeah, and you play at a very historic, well-known stadium at Campanelli in Brockton. What were your first impressions of that stadium, and how have you adjusted? My first um, impressions were, like, just crazy. Like, I've never really played in a stadium like that, like, on an everyday basis. So it's nice. And then going around Futures and everywhere, it's everywhere's nice. So no complaints about that. Yeah, very deep to center field, so you have to adjust for that a little bit. But when you hit into the bullpen or the grass out there and left and right, it makes it makes it that much better. Yeah. Before we get back to our interview with Michael Galenkowitz, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit 78 Sports' website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to Michael Galankowitz. And transitioning to talk about your time at Merrimack a little bit, there's been a number of Merrimack players in the league and who have come through the league. What have you heard from them about this league, and what advice did you seek from them before playing for the Rocks when you, when you finally got here? So I contacted Nick Shumsky, who played for the Rocks a couple years ago, and he said it was a great time. So I trusted him and just said, okay, I'll go do it. And just seeing like how other players from Merrimack have succeeded in the league, it's been fun to watch. So I just wanted to try it out. It's good competition, good pitching, and just, just said yes. Yeah, Nick Shumsky, a former Brockton Rock, as well as Nashville Silver Knight. So good to get some advice from a veteran like him. Yeah. And the NE10 also makes up a good chunk of this league, the conference that Merrimack plays in. Is there a little extra trash talk between players from those schools? What's the dynamic like there? I mean, there's schools like Assumption, Stonehill, Franklin Pierce. What's that like? Funny you say that. I just, I was talking to a Franklin Pierce kid the other day because two years ago when I was a freshman, we made it to the NE10 championship and Franklin Pierce beat us. So I was like, I am still hate you guys for that. So it's fun. It's all fun when we're on the bases, just talk to them. And it's always fun playing summer ball because you get to talk to everybody. It's all, it's just a chill environment and no, not too much trash talk. Is there any, any 10 guy you were circled on the schedule when you saw you got to play him again in the summer or any Merrimack teammate? 
None really. Maybe one from Worcester was Mike Bean, who I faced Sunday night and got a hit off him and just laughed it up with him. Uh, other than that, there's not too many Merrimack guys. I know I got one teammate on mine and then a transfer from Worcester who's from Holy Cross going to Merrimack next year. And then I think one more kid on Pittsfield, but that's about it. Other than that, I don't really circle rivalries from like other teams because it's like, I don't want to, I, I want to beat everybody. So I don't just circle down one. So, yeah, definitely. That's a good mentality to have. Another mentality that is unique for the NE10 is the NE10 is a Woodback conference, just like most summer leagues around here. Uh, what do you like about that? And, did that factor at all in your decision to go to Merrimack in the first place? When I was a freshman, our coach told us that we were going to be going D1. We're in the NEC now, but uh, right. freshman year, it was wood bat, and I was like, that's that's pretty cool. So I did that, and I, it was, I don't know, it was just a fun experience hitting with wood in college and then going to summer and being like, well, I've done this before. So it's not like I'm, like, I'm not used to it. It's just easier to transition. Yeah, you just pick up where you left off there. And I personally watch D1 games and think sometimes it's crazy that they're still using metal too. Do you think D1 should transition or do you think that's always going to be metal? Maybe like the Power 5 should start using wood. I don't know. I think the metal, it's, I don't think there's a big difference because this year I didn't hit any home runs with metal, but then I come here and I hit three with wood. So, I mean... It's definitely, there's a little difference, but I don't know if there's much of a difference. The only difference I'd say is breaking them. So just square it up and you'll be fine. Before we return to our interview with Michael Galankowitz, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On-demand storage will pick up your items directly from your location and bring them in storage for you. When you want something back, give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage, all one word, dot com. We now return to our interview with Michael Golankowitz. You hit 262 at Merrimack this spring with six doubles, 13 RBIs, 21 runs scored. How did you feel coming out of this spring, especially with everything that happened with COVID? Uh, it was great playing this year. That's the one thing I was going into the year. I was like, I was unsure if we were going to be able to get a full season in. We got a good amount of games in, good conference games, not too much hiccups from COVID. It was it was great. Like I couldn't believe that we got the whole season in. And then after that, I felt really good at the end of the season. Like I finished with a good hitting streak and got my stats up from what they were at the beginning of the season, which were not great. And then coming into the summer, I was like, I, I feel good right now. I feel good with the bat, confidence, seeing the ball well. So I, I was just happy to get into the Futures League, do something rather than just sit on the couch and play video games, wasting the swing, you know? Yeah, can't waste the swing. Unless you're playing like Wii Sports or something, you got the Wii remote, then, then that's you true. won't waste it that way. <laughs> And going back even before COVID, if that's even possible to remember, you were the NE10 Rookie of the Year in 2019, hit three homers, which were the most by Merrimack true freshmen since 2002, and you also had an 11-game hit streak during that season. What was it like to come onto the scene as a freshman and play the way you did? It was challenging. Me and my roommate now, Kurt, we were both like kind of like the freshman phenoms of the year. 
it's it's different coming onto the scene you're like not not knowing you're supposed to uh supposed to expect you got all the big seniors looking at you looking down on you and you start succeeding they're like oh they're kind of good well we'll be nice to them now it's just fun like it's always fun to have like competition and stuff so coming on as a freshman and starting playing it felt really good how were you recruited to merrimack how does a kid from new jersey end up up here in massachusetts so my coach, Nick Barisi, saw me at a showcase, in, I think, at Columbia High School. And so for the first couple months, I didn't even answer any of his, like, uh, emails or anything. He'll tell you that I ghosted him. And then my recruiting coordinator for the travel ball team I was on, uh, was on told me to reach out to him and just go up and see it. And when I saw it, he was telling me that they were thinking of going D1 and stuff. And I was just like, I fell in love with the school and everything, so... I just said, yeah, I'll go here, try to play and see how it goes. Yeah, certainly worked out. And even before Merrimack, you went to Immaculata High School and helped your team win the Somerset County Tournament in 2018 in Cumber Behind fashion. What was that experience like? That was great. That was so much fun. We played at uh, Somerset Patriot Stadium then too, which is now, a, I think, a double-A affiliate of the Yankees or triple-A or whatever it is. That was really fun. I remember those guys and everything. That was it was it was just a fun experience back then, so it's fun to look back at those memories. Yeah, definitely. Winning with your your friends growing up is uh is always a good thing and always something to remember. So uh something we notice is you bat lefty and you throw righty. Why don't you throw lefty? Why aren't you ambidextrous? So just growing up, my dad is a lefty. So uh just learning how to hit, he would always teach me lefty for some reason. And then, like, I couldn't throw lefty, so I would be throwing righty. He tried to teach me switch, but I was too stubborn to, like, figure it out. So I, I just always grew up lefty-righty, which is weird. And then I then I play golf righty, and then I play hockey lefty. It's I'm just all over the place. It's so weird. Golf swing is opposite your baseball and hockey swing? Yeah, my hockey's lefty. Left so okay. <laughs> so it's so I can go golfing during the season and have no problems. That's all that, that, that works then. Yeah. With that whole myth that golf ruins your baseball swing, which I don't think it does, but I don't have to worry about that one. Yeah, I'm a pitcher, so I, I don't I don't it doesn't matter for me either. <laughs> that's it's always fun. Yeah, that's very interesting that your golf swing doesn't impact your baseball swing because again, that is a myth that many people have brought up in the past. So and you also play the outfield and have to battle a number of factors while you're out there, including tracking balls and whatever else. How did you develop your skills in the outfield? And what do you think the biggest challenges are? Just grew up playing like all kinds of sports. And then I was always an infielder and stuff. And then in high school, they threw me on the outfield and I just kind of had a natural way of tracking balls and stuff. And sometimes I struggle, which of course I will. And I just, I've gotten better as it's gone on. Like, if you saw me in the beginning, you would have thought, uh, he probably shouldn't be in outfield. But the biggest challenges I see out there is usually surface, like if it's a hilly surface or something. And then I, I hate the sun. I can't stand it. When a ball goes in the sun, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. I can't catch it. Like, it's terrible. It's the biggest thing I struggle with in the outfield most of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't go to Pittsfield and try and – try and play there then that's but yeah the sun we, got, we, we got lucky when it when we went it was raining so didn't have to worry about the sun then yeah cloudy day in pittsfield's always a win and before we move on to our final segment how about a message to rocks fans 
start coming to games. I want to see more fans in the stands. Doing well right now. Let's keep the Rocks Nation going. Let's let's get some fans at the uh, games and get some big crowds for these next coming home games. Yeah, the Rocks are rolling. Certainly something that nobody wants to miss. So definitely get out to games there. And we move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field head of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Michael, we want to ask you a couple more questions for our fans to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yep. All right, let's do it. Favorite baseball teammate that you've ever played with? Favorite baseball teammate. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't want to leave any names off. You can name a few. I'd name all my roommates, Ben Nelson, Kurt, Stadnicki, and Cedric Gillette. Those are some of the fun ones. Nick Shumsky. I, I, I feel like I got to name all of them if I start naming them now. So that's the problem. I'd say most all of my teammates that I've ever played with have all been fun. There's never been like a sore thumb or anything. Yeah, that's good. It's always we'll nice. Throw all the rosters up here. Yeah, just get them all up there. So <laughs> yeah, I don't it'll, it'll just be a long, long running list as we're as you're answering this question. I like that one. Yeah. And then, how about favorite ballpark you've played in and one you've attended as a fan? Favorite ballpark, probably the Somerset Patriots one where I won the the county championship and. Favorite one I've been to is probably going to be Fenway Park just because of how historic it is. It's such a great atmosphere. Not Yankee Stadium, though. I hated that one. It's boring. I don't like that one. Yeah, the confirmed the Yankees are boring. Mm -hmm. Let's just get that out there. Exactly. And then how about sporting a stadium or sporting event that's on your bucket list? I've always wanted to go to the Winter Classic for hockey. I don't know why. I'm not a big hockey guy. I just, I just think that's a cool experience. Obviously, the World Series. Uh, that's probably it. The Winter Classic's a new one, but that's also something on my on my bucket list. That's it's always so cool watching that on TV. I just want to, yeah, just go into an outdoor hockey game. That's kind of cool, even if I don't know the teams. Exactly. And how about favorite big league team and big league player, whether it's current or historical? So right now I don't have a big league team because I have a very good reason. The Red Sox traded away Mookie Betts, which was my favorite player. And that made me really mad. So I'm on a two-year hiatus from the Red Sox. So next year it will be the Red Sox again. But right now I don't have a favorite team. And my favorite player is Mookie Betts. So when when September comes around, you're just going to pick whoever's hot or? Uh, I won't root for anybody. If Mookie okay. Betts and the Dodgers win, I'll be happy, but I'm not going to root for anybody, like, outrageously. Yeah, imagine trading that guy. Ugh, made me so <laughs> mad. So mad. Yeah, you're not the only one. Anyway, is there <laughs> – Mookie Betts obviously is an outfielder, but is there anyone else that you typically like to model your game after or, like, you watch in particular? Obviously, I got to throw Mike Trout out there because right, he's just the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. And I even watch some, like, college guys, like, my age, and just see what they do and stuff like that, like, how they play. Just try to do all the right things on the field. Yeah, definitely. And when you're on the field, when you're up to the plate, what's blaring at Campanelli Stadium? What's your walk-up music? Oh, it's Let's Get Loud by J-Lo. Recommended to me by my brother. It's a favorite in the dugout, too. We're, we, we, when we're up at the press box, everyone's standing up for that. Yeah, I, I just picked it this year. It's... It was a last-minute decision, and it works. Oh, it's definitely working. And are you superstitious at all? 
I don't want to say I am, but I definitely am. Like, say I'll have a good game and I tape my wrist. I'll tape my wrist for the next 15 games until I go 0 for 20. So, yeah, I'm definitely – baseball, you got to be superstitious. It's, it's just the way it is. Oh, yeah, totally. And when you're attending a game as a fan, what are you getting at the ballpark for food or drink? Usually chicken fingers. Chicken fingers and a big souvenir soda. Oh, yeah, got to collect those cups. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a Fenway Frank if I need it. And uh, are you a bubblegum guy or a sunflower seeds guy? Sunflower seeds. Got to go with the ranch sunflower seeds all day. One of my teammates was eating original yesterday, and I was a little sketched out because who eats original anymore? We got to get them <laughs> ranch in there. Maybe some barbecue. You mix it up? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I can't go to ranch all the time. Yeah. You got to switch it up sometimes. Definitely. And last question of our quick hits segment presented by Zephyr. What's your all-time favorite baseball memory? All-time favorite? Um, I'd say winning the NE10 championship, but we lost. Probably the Somerset County championship. Just winning. Winning something like that. We haven't won that in like, I don't know, like eight, ten years or something when I was in Maculata. That was fun. Then they won it the next year when I wasn't there. So that's keeping the tradition going. It's great. Yeah, that's really great for your school. Absolutely. And and again, great for you as you remember it for as long as you have. Well, Michael, that is all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with everything. We can't wait to see you and the Rocks at Campanelli all season long. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Michael. Have a good one. You too. And this has been episode 12 of season three of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.